Come with me and be my love. Worlds of theater, the earth a stage, which God and nature do with actors fill. To be or not to be, I there's the point. Just like I'm barely to a summer stay. Wherefore means why. Welcome to an actor's Shakespeare. Opinions. Research. Findings. Thought. New perspectives. Old. Prejudices re-examined. Just the contemporaries. Ravings. Of an Elizabethan. Theatrical. Lunatic. Shakespeare. From the inside out. Welcome to an actor's Shakespeare. One actor's relationship with exploration of ideas on experiences in failure at, frustrations over, and successes under the influence of William Shakespeare and his contemporaries in the world of Elizabethan theater. I am your host, Craig Robin-Smith. Act 1. This is the introduction episode. One of our rules, no more than 1.5 subjects per podcast. So this episode is all about introducing this to you, and we know you are busy. Another of our rules is we will do our best to never waste your time. So, let's do it. We're at 1 minute 30 seconds and counting. Act 2. The goal of this podcast, there are hundreds of Shakespeare podcasts out there. Most all of them are worth a listen. Many of them are worth careful study. But you don't need another general one. So I will give you my perspective on one aspect of Shakespeare and the world of Elizabethan theater per episode, with maybe just a couple of digressions. That's the point five. We may spend the podcast on just one line, how one word is used in different ways, an unusual interpretation of a role, comparing, contrasting parts, and the reality of writing for that time and that audience. An interview with a Shakespearean scholar, an actor, a hater, a neophyte. 1.5 topics per show. That's it. Focused so you can find the topic you are looking for. Get in and out quick and go about your Bard-inspired day. Another rule. Each episode will always be 15 minutes or less. Act 3. My Perspective. I look at the plays and poems not as divinely inspired books of literature, but like songs from a street fair busker trying to get you to part with your change for a song. The tune will change depending on the crowd, and Billy Boy wrote to please the populace of his day. This is not about an angel-inspired voice and ethereal eternal rhymes. These are business plans in verse, software code in iambic pentameter. The amusement park ride of the metaphorical imagination. We have the Elizabethan crowds to thank almost as much as we do that Glover's son and his competition. These plays were written for the rabble of the late 16th century who lived in the guts and loins of England's body politic. That we can still make those clothes fit us and still find truth and beauty, guidance and gain benefit from 400-year-old popular pulp fiction may say as much about the unchanging nature of the human condition as it does about the genius of one of Stratford's bad boys. Bad boy? Truth be told, I think Shaky might not have been a very nice person. I think he was an Andy Warhol of his day, jockeying to get into the position of whatever I do 
is art. His silkscreen Marilyn Monroe and Campbell soup cans were called Two Gentlemen of Verona and Henry VI Parts 1, 2, and 3, using the same images just retinted. If I stick a sonnet on a groundling, it's art, he might say. Only Mr. Will got a bit more than 15 minutes of fame. His work has become part of the fabric of our world, like George Lucas, J.K. Rowling, Leonardo da Vinci, Eleanor of Octane, Benjamin Franklin, Ray Bradbury, Christine de Bazan, and Alfred Nobel. If you remove him, there would be gaps in our world. I think he got into street brawls, may not have been a wonderful spouse or father, sold short, left others holding the bags of wool, and put on airs, and left us with some pretty interesting plays. He was a short-sighted Donald Trump with a talent of a Tiffany or a Fabergé sewn on, a K-Fed with Barbara Streisand's voice. He is worth studying, and so are his playmates, Haywood, Marlowe, Johnson, and others, all of what some call the Roaring Boys. Five minutes, 20 seconds and counting. End of Act Three. Act Four. What keeps Shakespeare current? What makes his work still worth talking about and talking about in a modern context? Well, anything of history has something to teach us, from flint napping and arrowhead, the first flywheel, agriculture, the discovery of fire, or my car keys. All this has importance, especially the car keys. But sometimes its importance is in understanding what was done back then. Maybe we can learn something to apply to our modern life, but mostly a pipe roll showing the marriage contract between a burger and the daughter of a rich merchant is just that, a view into a past time. But where people discuss their dreams, then we see into their soul. Shakespeare not only gives us a view into that time and a pretty clear view of what people dug at the time, but still is a go-to guy for advice and perspective. When we see Giacomo from Kimberlin, or Cymbeline, Don Juan from Much Ado About Nothing, and Iago from, from Othello, and we, and we see them lie to others to turn them from the right path to the wrong path. Well, if we don't see similarities to our own lives, then none of us have ever been to junior high school and suffered from jealous sniping from supposed friends. The language of Shakespeare is often spoken of as the jewel of his works. But as much as I love, I know a bank where the wild thyme grows, where oxlips and the nodding violet grows, quite over-canopied with luscious woodbine, sweet musk roses, and with eglantine. What I love even more is the meaning the actual magic of juxtaposed thought and image that places understanding into my consciousness. Understanding that I can use. When I hear a presidential candidate say, climate change is the biggest hoax ever foisted on mankind, I just think, hmm, Iago, he's back. And I see Caesar, Beatrice, Richard III, Lear, Lady Macbeth, and Erpingham every day.
Thanks, Mr. S. You help prepare me for the daily battle. Eight minutes, ten seconds, and counting. Act five. Introducing your host. Greetings, my name is Greg Robin Smith. Greg Robin is Hanandam. Showing off my Irish. That's about all of it in one sentence. Shergwich, Konosathatu. Yes, and by the way, Greg Robin is my first name. It's unique. I have no privacy on the internet. If you Google it, G-R-E-G-R-O-B-I-N, all one word, no space, no hyphen, almost all of the hits will be me. Please don't hack my bank account. It would be bad karma for you and a waste of your time. You will get more money writing sonnets. Sad. Huh. My Bachelor of Arts degree, 77, <clears throat> is in theater. I fell in love with John and Mary Shakespeare's boy back in Star Trek episode 13, The Conscience of a King. Thank you, Arnold Moss. I am tired! Ah, great stuff. And what I saw then, when I was a child, was that Shakespeare was cool. I mean, after all, if it was still in existence in the far future of Star Trek, Shakespearean troops traveling the stars and catching rides in different starships and still performing live, well then, if it's cool enough for that, it must be cool enough to study now. The reality that it wasn't actually happening didn't quite enter into my mind. I was a silly child. But be that as it may, it got me started. Then, years later, after working in many regional theaters and professional tours, I started working Renaissance fairs and with historical recreation and reenactment groups. And in the theater. There. And with them, since I had the closest thing to a Renaissance-era audience, a golden age people that wanted to hear this type of language, I started writing for them. And I got some good results. I started writing sonnets, now at over 2,000 plus, and continuing to try and understand the form and the method of construction, as well as just being able to construct them. What one's mind goes through to think an iambic pentameter continually. That's what I did, and that's what I still do. I teach history. I'm the principal of the Interactive History Company at interactivehistory.net. And you can also find me doing other periods of history, such as the Colonial America Times at ben-franklin.org. I also do programs on interactive pro programs called Chautauquas on Ben Franklin and on other characters such as William Shakespeare or at least a Shakespearean actor named Robin Player and the great Sir Alec Guinness. Loads of fun. Great way to start conversations. I do write sonnets and plays. Guy Hamling, the New Zealand screenwriter, contacted me several years ago. I thought it was a piece of spam, like somebody offering me millions of dollars if I just would accept their Nigerian oil money. And then I realized at his request, looking for somebody to translate his screenplay, Verona, loosely based on Two Gentlemen of Verona, back into Elizabethan English, 
Well, I thought originally it was a hoax, but then I realized, no, you don't spam just four people at a time. Because that's probably the, you know, the number of people out there who write an iambic pentameter on a regular basis. That you may actually be serious. And so I wrote him, and I did. I translated his play into iambic pentameter. I'm translating it again into standard English, but iambic. Rather than strictly Elizabethan. And he and I are continuing on other projects. And it's the film is in, as they lovingly call it, development hell and then i wrote a play called to each their own i wanted to see how long it took to write an elizabethan play approximately and so i sketched one out using shakespearean tropes you can find them on amazon.com and on kindle to each their own g robin smith you can order them too or get a sample from the kindle see how you like it I also have a children's book called The Bee Book there, and its audio form can be downloaded from iTunes. There's also a DVD of me doing one of my Benjamin Franklin programs. I am a big fan of Benjamin Franklin and the Enlightenment. One of the ideals of the Enlightenment was to take part in beauty. And I try this. I'm a musician, an actor, a writer, playwright, translator. So that's what I think we should do. And one of the things I think we should do in study are the authors that give us challenge. And Shakespeare and his contemporaries are very much a great selection of people to study, to work out what they could have meant. What's what's the key? What's the understanding? What's the human condition I must get in touch with to make sense of this line? And in struggling to understand their world, I believe we have a better chance at figuring out our own world. That's it. We'll be back soon. Thank you very much. Gramercy. Epilogue. That's it. Episode Zero, An Actor's Shakespeare. Buy a copy of my play. These are the end credits for An Actor's Shakespeare. My name is Greg Robin-Smith. Thank you for listening. Rule number one, 15 minutes or less. Rule number two, no more than 1.5 subjects per podcast. Number three, there will be advertising. Number four, I will do my best never to waste your time. Number five, I will be mad. As in passionate. Number six, I will fail. Number seven, these rules may change. Special thanks to Aaron Ziegler of InYourEarShakespeare.com and especially ChopBar.com, the best Shakespeare podcast out there. He produces these shows. Gramercy. Check him out at www.chopbar.com. Give me your hands of Wheelie Friends and Robin Willie Storm ends. <laughs>